I felt like I popped into a different dimension that maybe I died in that other dimension. And then that consciousness ended up merging with me in, in a different dimension to help accelerate what I needed to do, how I needed to grow and how I could impact people in a positive way based off of the experience and information that I had from that other life. So it really opens this window to accepting life in a different way and understanding life and death. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. Our guest today is Nicole Majik. She died and something extraordinary happened. Nicole Majik awakens you to your true potential by raising limiting beliefs and showing you how to live a life you deserve without compromising who you are or what you live. Nicole, welcome to Passion Harvest. I am so looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me, Louisa. It's an honor and a pleasure. Um, there's a lot of incredible things I would like to talk to you about um, just before the show. Not only your NDE, but your shared NDE and many other things. Um, would you like to start if you feel comfortable with your near-death experience? Sure. That that first big one that I had, absolutely. That was back in 2006. I was working in chemistry. I worked in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and that was about an hour away from my home in Rhode Island. And I usually went in to work early so I could get out before the rush hour traffic. It just so happened that I had to stay late to finish up on a project. And I got out an hour late and ended up in the heat of rush hour traffic on the Massachusetts Turnpike. And while I was traveling down there, there was a little bit of this surreal feeling that we I entered into when I was driving down. We were going about 30 miles an hour and there was a car up ahead down in the ditch. It was smoking. There were a couple other cars that were stopped. And then a whole bunch of people driving were distracted by that. And I just remembered staying focused on the road because that's how other accidents happen is when you're looking away on a major highway. And my attention was diverted to the other side of the highway going in the opposite direction. And as I turned to look and I had the radio blasting, Tool was playing on the radio. I remember that. And, and I was just in my own zone. And when I looked over at this other side of the highway, everything slowed down. Super slow motion. It was almost a frame by frame, just a little bit faster than that frame by frame that you would see. And it was like my senses were heightened. My mind was on overdrive, so it was processing super fast while everything was going super slow. And I could see this woman with black curly hair and she was just, her hair was all in front of her. So I couldn't see her face, but she was swaying to the impact of what just happened. And I saw that her, her driver's side door was smashed in and I could see reflections of the light on her hair, like pieces of her hair. It was just 
I had this whole internal conversation with myself with, oh, what beautiful hair she has. And oh, look at these little highlights and, and the sun glistening off of parts of her hair. And what is going on with her door being smashed in? Why is she swaying like that? And where is this other car? And when I asked, where is this other car? I My attention was diverted back to in front and up through my windshield. And the guy who was driving this other car that hit her and came up over the Jersey barrier was going to land in my lap. And I could see his face completely contorted, terrified, and our eyes kind of passed and met with each other for a split second. And when that happened, I knew and saw that he was gonna land right where my steering wheel was. His car was gonna flip over on top of my car, pushing the top of my car down onto my head, snapping my neck, and I was going to die. And in that moment, I shrieked and tried to duck down as far as I could because it was a reactionary thing. And at that moment, I ended up in a consciousness space meeting with my kids and people that were extremely close to me. So it wasn't a lot of people. It wasn't like my entire life flashed before my eyes, but it was this, my life flashing before my eyes, meaning my my life force, my my life with my the closest people that I spent the most time with. And I sat down and had this whole conversation with each person. And then when all of those were finished, this sense of peace and calm and love and healing and all of this good divine guidance and presence was surrounding me. And I said, okay, I'm ready. And then everything went black. And then after everything went black, I was projected through the tunnel and it, everything was going at such a rapid rate. And then I came to, so I don't know how long I was going through that because time just doesn't, there's no sense of any time. And I came to, and I remembered coming to and, and being in this space of, I was gasping for air. So I, as I got through this tunnel, came to back to consciousness and I went like this huge gasp because it was like I was about to die. And then I'm gripping my steering wheel saying, oh my God, I almost just died. And then I looked in my rear view and said, oh my God, I should have been dead. Like, where is the car that was falling on top of mine? And there was nothing before me and nothing behind me. And then I looked across on the other side. There are no cars on the other side of the highway either. And this is rush hour traffic on a major turnpike. And I was thinking, oh my God, am I dead? And then this one lone car came <laughs> traveling up the other side. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, maybe this is like the highway to heaven and the highway to hell kind of thing. Which side am I on? <laughs> and as just this reactionary thing, I called my mom. And when I called her and she picked up, she was kind of frantic and panicky and saying, oh my God, Nikki, I, I thought that 
you know, you needed prayers and I was just praying for you. Are you okay? And she was talking so fast and just kept talking. And I said, can you, I think I might've said, can you just shut up for a minute? Because I, there was just so much going on in my head and I couldn't wrap my, my brain around it in logical thinking. And I said, I, I, I just, something just happened. And I told her what happened. And she said, you rode angel wings. And I said, well, or a wormhole or a portal or whatever you want to call it. I rode through something and I can't explain it because I'm not in the same place that I was in when it happened. I did map it out on another day driving home from work because I did get a sense of where I was because of a bridge that when I came to that I was driving under and I mapped it out and I was over two and a half miles away from where it happened. And that was the experience. But if I can back up a little bit that before that happened, I was extremely depressed. I had postpartum depression from having my third son that spiraled into a depression that went undetected, unnoticed, and I was unaware of, even though I had this obsession with fantasizing about all the ways that I could die throughout the day, like at any given moment. And I would fantasize about these deaths, but then I would think of my kids and the situation and, and everything. And I would think, well, these kids need me. I have to stick around and, you know, just hold on a little bit longer or hold on for another hour or hold on for another day. And it was always just keeping myself in that space of hold on just a little longer, just a little longer. And that's what got me through the days and even the moments. So I would fantasize about the death and then say, okay, but these kids need me. So just hold on a little longer. After that experience happened, it was wiped clean from me. That overwhelming sense of love and divine presence was like an extreme healing that ripped through my entire body and I actually ended up having this fervor for life, this love, newfound love for life and living and helping other people too, and just embracing everything with this gratitude and this emotional aspect. And when I came home and my son, one of my sons greeted me at the door, like he did, I just grabbed him. It was two days before his, uh, I'm going to say his fourth birthday and that two days before his fourth birthday, I just grabbed him and I held him so tight and I was squeezing him and just like, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. And like tears are falling because that love energy just, you can't help, but tear up with it because it just, it's so powerful. I mean, I'm doing it now, <laughs> but it just amplified everything. So after effects of this NDE were super profound, all of my intuition was amplified, visions, healing properties that I was able to facilitate for other people and miraculous types of healings with people. It was, it was so overwhelming and at the same time felt 
weird because I didn't always feel like myself. I, and I didn't know if I was me or not me. And there are a lot of questions and a lot of gaps in understanding what happened. And also a lot of weirdness with kind of like either mandala effect or just differences in dimensional shifts because I felt like I popped into a different dimension that maybe I died in that other dimension. And then that consciousness ended up merging with me in, in a different dimension to help accelerate what I needed to do, how I needed to grow and how I could impact people in a positive way based off of the experience and information that I had from that other life. So it really opened this window to accepting life in a different way and understanding life and death in a very different way than most people do. Oh, thank you, Nicole. My gosh, what an extraordinary experience. Not only almost did you have an end, well, you did have an NDE, but you almost, as you said, you jumped timelines, um, quantum or parallel realities in this life. Extraordinary. Yes. Um, yeah, one of my friends actually started a new job uh, within that, a year from that, and she was sitting with people at lunch, and it was the one-year anniversary of that accident or whatever, and she called me up and said something weird happened at work during lunch, and people were talking about that experience that you had, that accident that happened, and she said it, it was so weird because... They were talking about a man hit a woman on one side of the highway, went up over the Jersey barrier and ended up landing on another woman's car and they both died. So that's what happens in a different dimension is maybe I got out of work 15 minutes earlier in that dimension. And that's when I came to consciousness. My consciousness jumped through that the, the dimensional time shift and when I merged, that was the <laughs> gasp for air and coming to and bringing forward a whole bunch of memories and information and downloads to this other version of me. And so that's how I look at it in this sense and why something was different. But yet I did die when I was seeing the vision of what was happening. I think that's what was happening. I was just dissociated from it because my consciousness already left. A death and a rebirth. Right. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show's weird, but <laughs> what's weird? I mean, it, it's an incredible experience. Wow. Yes. Um, after your near-death experience, you, you remembered, we'll call remembered, or received incredible downloads and you were able to see auras or energies or spirits. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that with the audience? Sure. I've been able to see auras, energy, spirits all of my life. And it was kind of, it was looked down upon, not kind of, but it was looked down upon um, because of the religious environment I grew up in. So it was more stifled and I was told, don't, talk about those things and, and that kind of stuff. So it was always keep your voice quiet, speak when you're spoken to, and don't embarrass the family. Um, I even remember my mom trying to basically exercise me twice in my life 
<laughs> when I was really young and then when I was a teenager. And it was like, okay, I wasn't accepted because I didn't fit into the religious box. When this near-death experience happened, everything amplified. So all of the intuitive gifts that I had were amplified and then more was added to the tool belt, so to speak. I would see certain things where there were ailments in people or uh, negative energies affecting people. And do you want me to share one of those stories or a couple of those stories? Is that okay? Yes, please. Yes. All right, cool. Um, one of the ones that I love talking about because it it's so profound is that when I was setting up to do aura readings at one of the shops that I did work at, appearances at, um, a woman had come in at the very beginning of the day and she was talking to the owner and she was complaining about her son, not her son, her, her sister's son. So her nephew and saying that she can't bond with this kid because he looks at her and just starts crying, like screaming bloody murder. And she can't get near him. She can't pick him up. There, there's nothing. She just cannot connect with this kid. And it caught my attention. So I looked up and I looked at her and I could see in her energy, there was this static energy that was looming over her shoulder and in the back. And I could see that I was connected to past life energy stuff. So I finished setting up and I walked over and introduced myself and said I couldn't help but overhear because we're the only people in this entire building right now. And I asked her if I could do something because I go through torsion fields of quantum fields, how I work with energy. And when I saw that static energy, I can trace the energies back and then do a timeline correction or however you want to say it. It's, it's hard to articulate what I actually do. And she said, okay, yeah, you can do whatever you need to do. And I said, you may or may not feel anything because that's how it works. You may or may not. And I did some work for maybe about five minutes. It didn't take very long. But the things that I saw, the images that I saw of what was happening, they were horrific, really terrifyingly horrific with what was happening to her in that past life. And that would cause any child to that could see that, which obviously this kid could, to go into that state of traumatic shock and, and terrified emotion. So I, I told her it was all set and that she'll know because she didn't feel anything. She said, I didn't feel anything. And I said, that's okay. And then she said, well, how will I know? And I, I kind of laughed and said, oh, you'll know. And he hit the, undeniably, you'll know. And then two days later, I got a call from the shop owner. And I guess the sister had come in and said, I don't know what that girl did to my sister, but I need her to do something to me. <laughs> and she said that, she had brought her son over to her sister's house, no crying, only smiles and laughter. And she was allowed to pick him up. 
They bonded all day. They spent the entire day together. There was none of that crying and, and whatever. So it was a really beautiful healing between two souls, really. Mm. And in some, thank you for sharing that. And in some way, you healed the memory of that life. Yes, absolutely. Whatever was being carried forward and it was attached to her to play out was no longer being attracted. And also the the ability to see that leaking through by others that are sensitive to it. It wasn't going to affect that child in that way. Um, yeah, it was really a beautiful thing. So it, a very sensitive child. So in your opinion, we we can carry lifetimes, energies, uh, imprints with us through lifetimes. Yeah, if we look at it in terms of torsion field physics, which is part of quantum physics, and quantum mechanics, um, and aura as well. Aura is a torsion field. And if you think about it as everywhere you walk and navigate in this life, if you imagine that you're leaving this little trail of light behind you, that's the torsion field. And that that is what happens everywhere that you are navigating, you're leaving this little light trail, a trail of energy that connects to you. And with that, it can be carried forward through the lifetimes because you're connected to that lifetime. And the same thing with the epigenetics. Epigenetics, we carry forward energies within our bodies, within our DNA, from our ancestors. So it's kind of another form of carrying forward energies of the past and how it propagates down. Um, so it's a very interesting thing. And when we do timeline corrections, I, I do a lot of NLP type work that's embedded in the different types of work that I do. And when you do timeline corrections, it's a uh, it's really neat in how you affect your past and your future by doing so by correcting this is, this is amazing well, I, and I use that correcting a little bit loosely because nothing needs to be fixed but it's kind of like just a little tweak so it's like a a course correction is how mm. i mean correction so you do a little course correction from the past and it ripple effects to the future epigenetics it's an incredible subject the inheritance from the lineage of our biological ancestors. What is NLP for the audience? Yes, thank you. It's neuro-linguistic programming, and it's a, a way in which to speak to your subconscious and switch up the subconscious into a more positive form, Yeah, which is super, super effective. And can you, do you mind just providing an example of, how that works? Sure. Um, a lot of times people think of hypnosis, right? And where you're going under in order to talk to your subconscious, you have to be hypnotized and you have to be unconscious in, in a certain way. And that's really not how that works. Um, actually hypnosis works very consciously too. And so does NLP. So 
there, there are different things that you can do to speak to your subconscious while you're having a conscious communication. And when you speak to your subconscious, so sometimes I will have a, a conversation with somebody, I'll ask different questions, and your subconscious is going to automatically speak out loud because that's whatever your programs are, you're going to think that way, you're going to feel that way, and you're going to behave that way, which means you'll also be speaking that way. So I'm looking for the cues on what somebody is actually attached to in their belief system. And then I'll speak to that because, so it's a speaking to that subconscious. And there are different techniques that you can strategically walk somebody through in order to bust up those negative beliefs and transform them into the positive beliefs. Because since the subconscious is a thousand times more powerful than the conscious, our subconscious is always ruling. <laughs> so if we can change the subconscious to be more positive than negative, you're going to find that you're creating things in your life that are far more positive than negative. And that's the difference in what happens as a result of doing this type of work. And it's all, thank you. And it's almost like conscious awareness of why are we doing certain habits or thinking sort of th yes. certain, certain things or behaving in certain ways. Unconscious, well, unconsciously, I guess. Um, you speak a lot about how your beliefs create create your reality. I guess this ties in. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that with the audience? And then I want to move on to manifestation, which you're an okay. expert at. <laughs> and that's that's part of it. Is you know we manifest what we believe, and you're always so. I'll, I'll kind of start with the manifestation because you're always manifesting. The problem is, is most people are manifesting what they don't want. So then they think I can't manifest good things, but you can, you just have to change your beliefs to believe in you deserve or you're enough or whatever it is that you're believing in that subconscious program is taking over because your beliefs do create your real reality and your whatever you believe in, the stronger beliefs will win out in any given situation. I usually talk about three things that people need to feel fulfilled because this is where our belief system breaks down is number one, we need to feel safe and secure in every way. Otherwise we're insecure about different things. So Think about it. If you don't feel safe and secure in your finances, you're going to have a scarcity mindset around that. And you're going to have certain behaviors, thoughts, and feelings around what it means when you think about money. Or a relationship, same thing. Or your relationship with yourself. I, I typically say a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. So your relationship with money, your relationship with others, and your relationship with yourself, which shows up as your health and well-being. And when you take those things, one of those is going to hit harder than the other because that's where your belief may have been formed around or where the belief is strongest around that it has an attachment to. So if it's money... I can't manifest money. Well, why not? 
what's going on with the relationship with money for you in your life that's keeping it from you or you're rejecting it. It will show up in the same ways in your relationships with others, whether it's love or coworkers or authority, whomever. So you can see that in different flavors with these other areas and also yourself. Where is it kind of breaking down with your relationship with yourself? Are you having any health issues? Do you have pains and, and chronic illnesses or sinus things or lungs or wherever it sits in your body? Those are going to be indicators of these things. So a lot of times people will talk to me about stuff and I'll be like, oh, that's this. This is related to that. And it all ties together. So that's what I do is show them how everything ties together. So safety and security is one. Number two is to be loved and accepted. We all want to feel loved and belonging and to be accepted for who we are. And when you feel like that, you're able to be vulnerable because you feel safe enough and be vulnerable to be your authentic self because you're accepted. And then the third thing is empowerment. Everybody wants to feel empowered. When we don't feel empowered, we want to control the situation. So anytime you see somebody who is being micromanaging as a boss, who is being controlling, uh, narcissistic, narcissists love that control because they are so insecure and out of control. Narcissists have all these things that are at such a low level that they're just grasping and reaching and trying to maintain some level of control in their life. So if you see somebody who's just trying to control a situation, it could be an overbearing mom. It could be you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, look at your life and where do you try to control something? It's because you don't feel empowered. Why don't you feel empowered? What other things are kind of breaking down? Because a lot of these things dovetail together. Safety and security, love and acceptance, and being empowered. If you're empowered, you will gladly, easily, and without resistance, empower other people. You don't need to withhold information to have the upper hand or a job security or whatever. It creates this lovely teamwork effort in every area of your life. So those are the three things that everyone needs to feel fulfilled. And when our belief system breaks down or we're programmed with different things that say, you're not enough, well, you're not loved and accepted, right? You're not smart enough. You're not empowered to do that. You can't figure that out. You're a bad person. I don't feel safe around you, right? There's just so many different things that, that people feel. And since everything is energy, vibration, and frequency, those very specific beliefs, when I work with my clients, I've noticed that there's a very specific vibration to someone's belief based on what that belief is, how it came about, and where it sits, and how it plays out. So somebody, I could have 50 people in a room, all with an I'm not worthy type belief, and they're all going to be very specific to that person. So to try to do a blanket I'm not worthy thing. If you want to annihilate it permanently, 
you've got to get to the very specific vibration. So a lot of times my clients will say, you really hone in because I'll, I'll go in. They, they say I have a scalpel because of my chemistry background. <laughs> <laughs> I have this scalpel and I go in there like laser points. And when you hone in on that belief, I'll, I'll be watching and listening and, and sitting with you intuitively in that energy as I'm saying these words and you're saying these words as we hone in on what the belief is. And then somebody would be like, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, no, it's not. Something has to be tweaked. And we go in and once we have it, sorry about that. Once we have it, they are like, oh my God, it hits. And I say, it'll, it'll hit like this. It'll be like a punch in the gut where you'll feel nauseous. It's like an aha moment. I mean, and I get it. You know, it's far deeper than one thing. Uh, you talk about personalities, for example, money, money personalities. Um, yes. One could say, well, you know, I attract money, but there's so there's so much deeper on a core level that's inhibiting that free flow of energy. Yes, it does. It, it inhibits the flow of the energy so it doesn't, doesn't create that closed circuit that it needs in order to manifest. And I love the work you do, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Where's the best place for people to find you? Oh, they can find me at magicllc.com, spelled like my last name. Um, My marketplace is at nicolemagic.com. And there are links to connect with me in other areas or, you know, book a session or a a discovery or whatever. And you've got a lot of courses on your website. I've had a look. For someone, um, okay, so if they don't come to see you, what are your tips to really get to the core issues and manifest the life that they desire or love? Understanding more about you is essential. So I love to help people strip the layers back to really understand who they are because when you understand who you are, you understand who everyone else is and why they're doing, saying, behaving in the ways that they do that end up triggering you. So I say start with really honing in on where you feel the gaps and defining what you do want. Since most people focus on what they don't want, they forget what they actually do want or they don't realize what they do want. So I usually start there. Many of us, well, sometimes me included, have this negative mental chatter, mm-hmm. focusing on what you don't want. How does one switch that or twist it to focusing on what we do want and pushing all that negativity aside, whatever the situation or life scenario may be? That is a great question. And I'm going to say this. There's there's a few things that when you start getting into that space of not being present, you wanna bring yourself back to the present moment because when you're ruminating on different things, the there's, I have a few uh, YouTube videos that help people walk through some of this stuff. So I'll just touch on it. And if people wanna really hone in on that, they could 
go there because there are three videos that I think are very foundational that when people come to me and they're kind of just, you know, reaching out and they, they're not really sure what direction to go in. I'm looking at where you're at and if you're ready, you're ready. And if you're not, you're not. And most people have this thing where they can't get out of the little rumination or they give in to the insecurity or fears of the unknown. So there's a few things. Number one, I always want people to make aligned decisions. I don't want to work with somebody who isn't quite sure if they want to work with me and isn't ready to work with me. So I always teach people, you know, it doesn't matter if you're if you're looking for me or some other coach or some other thing or making any decision in your life. You want to make aligned decisions. So I teach people that first and foremost. So I don't do sales calls. I do alignment calls. <laughs> what is aligned for you? So I'll teach people head, heart, gut, and how to tap into that. And also how to know when your body is lying to you. Because a lot of times people will do this. And how many of you out there that are listening right now? You thought you tapped into your gut. And, you know, well, my gut says this, so I'm going to go do that. And then you realize that wasn't the decision that was getting you where you wanted to be. Why is that happening? And then you start not trusting yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, guess what? You don't trust other people. So now we're disrupting that and we're creating more beliefs around, I can't trust anybody else because I can't trust myself to make the right decisions to align with the people that I can trust. So it really comes back to you. And what it was happening there is you had a fear that wasn't being acknowledged. And that fear got the better of you because when you were tapping into your gut to make the decision, it was saying, well, this is dangerous. We shouldn't do this. So we're just going to keep doing what we've always done and be safe, which is exactly the opposite of what you wanted to do and change the situation if you're believing that change is bad, which a lot of people do. So it really shows you how to hone in on that and what is really coming up to acknowledge any fear that might be coming up or anger or a grief and sadness and how to dispel it. So that way there you can make that alliance decision that makes sense for you because only you know what's best for you and only you know what's best for you when you step outside of those emotional aspects tied to negative beliefs that hold you back. So that's, that is the biggest one uh, that, that will be helpful. And then I, I do have a thing on um, imposter syndrome, which relates back to shame and abandonment. So how to identify imposter syndrome, if you have it, what, what ways it shows itself, what degree you have it at. And then I do have an NLP session recorded that can take you through one of those timeline things, how to heal your inner child. So it brings you Important back. Important work. Mm -hmm. Gosh, fear is so, can be so powerful and overwhelming and, and so real. Um, it yes. distorts all perception of intuition and, as you said, connecting with your heart and your gut and we lose track of everything and our mind takes over. Yes, it totally does. And there have been so many instances where I remember feeling something and 
it's so fleeting that I ignored it in my intuition and then went back and said, I knew that. So how do you get in there and expand that so that it, it like holds longer? And when you tap into how how your body responds and knowing when it's lying to you and when you're aligned is super important because you'll never make an unaligned decision again. And you actually end up starting to get into this by your own pure vibration of alignment within yourself that as soon as something is presented that doesn't make sense for you, it's almost like this shaking that happens inside of your body. So you'll vibrate at this rate that says no. And it's just mm -hmm. this a crazy feeling where you know exactly what, what is going on and you don't really have to sit there in it for very long. Yeah. And it also sort of dispels worrying what others may think. Oh, the non-judgment stuff. Yeah. When, that is a huge thing of getting to know who you are, how you behave, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, where is it, and all of those things that bring everything together into this space of, of just that, knowing yourself at these deep levels. And when you know yourself, you know other people. So then you know where they're coming from and why they're judging you. It's a projection of their own insecurities and false beliefs. Yes. We so it doesn't take it on anymore. board. We right. take it personally and it's really not our baggage. Right. Gosh, life so is so actually... complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it it can be, right? And I, I said this earlier to some a couple of people actually as I was working with them or or speaking with them where no one said life is super easy, right? Life isn't always easy but it doesn't have to be hard it just is and when we learn to acknowledge what is happening and why certain things are unfolding or for those of you I'm, I'm being guided to say this for those of you who feel like your world is collapsing and falling apart right now uh, I can feel it right now in in my solar plexus and and I've been through these phases before where it feels like everything is crashing down around you everything the rug is being pulled out from under you you're being kicked while you're down you're just in this place of nothing seems to get I can't catch a break nothing seems to get better all those idioms that we might use when you can stop for a second and presence yourself and realize that this foundation is crumbling because it is not strong enough to support you in the growth that you're experiencing right now and going to project yourself into to make your life so much better. You are that foundation just can't support you and you need to just build that new foundation through acknowledging that that stuff is falling away. So see what is falling away and then grab onto the stuff that's still standing and rebuild around that because that's gonna be your guiding light and force for the new thing that you're building. So tear down the old shack and build the palace. It's okay.
<laughs> wow, that resonated so much and it was so beautiful. Thank you so much. I love that. Um, I'd love to briefly talk about, well, however long you want to talk about this, you had a shared death experience. Oh, yes, I did. Back in June, when I went for a surgery, I, it was just a routine thing. It was a gallbladder removal surgery and it came up rather suddenly. So I was scheduled quickly. And when I went in, so I'll, I'll kind of do more of that teaser versions because there's so much around it that we could sit here probably for two hours. When I went in, I went in with this knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to either stay or come back. And I, I knew that for about a week to 10 days before the surgery, but I also knew that I couldn't say anything to anyone because if I did, I was going to give that power of, of creation and the power of decision into a co-creative element with whomever I would have said that to, which means, and me knowing this work and people and people that love you, if I were to say that to someone, their fears may be triggered and they would focus on, well, what if she doesn't come back? And we'd be co-creating me not coming back instead of leaving it into that space of whatever needs to happen and my decision in whatever state that I was in. So when I went in there, I sat there in as I was getting wheeled into the the surgical room and I saw that the the time was at 942 turning 943 a.m. And they wheeled me into this spot and they had to get the robot arms all set on the other table to move me from the gurney to that table. And all of a sudden I just kind of had this trance moment. And I was speaking to my friend, telling her telepathically remember these words. I have to come back. I have a lot of work left to do here. So I have to come back. And it was like, I was projecting that out to her to tell her that because apparently what happened next was exactly what needed to happen. And when I got, I was put out. So it was around you know, I was undergoing surgery at 10 o'clock and it was about a half an hour surgery. And then I remember passing through so quickly, seeing people that love me and that I love and I'm close to. And it was almost like I was... I was just passing through their energies and acknowledging them and acknowledging me, acknowledging our connection. So it was kind of like dominoes is how I describe it is just passed through so fast. And then, and my friend that I spoke telepathically to was also one of those people. And then after that, domino effect with those people I ended up being in this light burst of energy with all these extreme downloads coming through 
And there were, it was kind of like if, if I were to rip through pages of a picture book to you, you'd capture certain images. You wouldn't get the whole picture of everything that I was flashing through you. So I was getting these bits and pieces of energy that remained in my consciousness. So I wasn't sure the full story of each of those pieces. So it was like puzzle pieces and like, oh, you'll get that when you need it. And that's what I've seen happen since is that there's a bit of information that as soon as that thing is happening, it unlocks the download connected to the information to make the aligned decisions or that makes sense and opens up that picture. So that's what's been happening, which is really exciting. During that light burst, I also felt a deep connection with a past loved one, um, like a past life over and over, past life. And it's this was an energy that I felt through my entire life here, this life. Wondering, you know, is this, is this the person? Is this the person? And then it's always like, nope, the energy's off. Nope, the energy's off. And it's almost like seeking this person or, or wanting to reconnect with this person. What ended up happening was, I'll say when I came to and everything was said and done, my friend had called me and said, I haven't heard from you in forever. Like, what is going on? Because at 10.08, exactly, I felt your presence in my car and I felt like you were struggling with or trying to decide whether to come back or not. And I said, you need to get back here because you have a lot of unfinished work to do. So you get your ass back there, is what she said. And then she felt my presence go. Um, the other thing that was happening with that connection of energy was I ended up finding out later because I was connected to someone in the physical just a few weeks later that they had a near-death experience at exactly the same time. There are different time slots that I won't get into. And right now it's 1222 where I am, which is actually significant to this whole thing. <laughs> and um, the the whole timeline was happening where our energies were connecting. And I remembered saying, I came back for you. 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 And like trying to get somebody to understand something. And if I go back to the whole timeline, the drugs that they gave me were supposed to wear off fast, fast enough. And I remembered trying to come back into my body and it was like, I couldn't. And I'd come in and I would open my eyes and the nurse was there and she was saying, Nicole, I need you to take a deep breath right now. And I was, I was just like, okay. And I, I just, this tiny little, barely anything of a breath I would take. And then as I took that breath, I would think, oh yeah, I wasn't breathing. And then I'd breathe it out. And then I was back out. And I did that seven times. And every time I come back and trying to get back in, and the nurse saying, Nicole, <laughs> I had a, had a more 
intense level. I need you to take a deep breath right now. And the last time I just remembered lingering and being like, okay, stay, 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 stay. Open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. And just kind of talking myself through trying to stay awake long enough to, to settle in. And she said, you've been here way longer than anyone else who's gotten the surgery. Like it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be in and out in three hours. And I was there uh, like what, eight hours or something like that. And, and it still prolonged when I got home. And so the timeline matched up with this person who I'm now partnered with. And it is just the intense levels of connection and what's happened ever since and the visions and the remembrances of past life stuff has just blown through the roof that there are things that are happening right now and things that are unfolding that I haven't talked about yet because those puzzle pieces are still coming together and they are absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> like, like, mind-blowing good well we'll have to have you back on the show when it's all downloaded in in conscious awareness but you I know this this incredible experience really demonstrates that there is no distance between space and time everything's there in consciousness it's just or quantum what there's many different names but however you want to tap into it it's incredibly fascinating and undeniable yeah. really Absolutely. It really is. And like, there's been something with November to February uh, and what an intense time that is yet really great at the same time. So, and it, and I've seen it started to unfold and I'm like, okay. I'm is that for, for you or for the collective? It's, I think there's different levels of it. I know in my life that with the download that I got, I, I didn't understand it in the beginning. And I was asking people that are, that I'm friends with that are kind of on this higher consciousness level and saying, Hey, I'm getting this whole thing between November and February. And I know that there's a personal element, but there feels like a collective element too. And I've had some people come to me saying, yeah, I I'm hearing that myself. I'm feeling it myself between November and February. There's something big that's shifting. There's something big that's happening. And so I think that we all have that if we're if we have it at the collective level, we have to have it at the individual levels in order for it to be a collective. I almost feel like it's a breaking down, as you spoke before, about the old version of oneself or the yeah. old version of the collective, depending on the level of consciousness. I, I just see like the, as if a, a human uh, body like just cracking just different evolutions. It's very interesting. It is super interesting. Incredible. Well, Nicole, Nicole, I've loved having you on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you today? Um, let's see. Ooh, I first, I loved being on your show. I love your energy. I love, I love what you do and getting the information out there because. It's super important that all of you who are listening and that you're that you're listening, you're open, you're curious and how it pertains to your life and your alignment, because there may be some things that you can take that make sense 
but you may be on a different path where some other things don't make so much sense and that's okay. Somebody else will take that. So you focus on you and what's aligned within you. And remember, head, heart, and gut. <laughs> yes. Yes, very important. Nicole, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you, Louisa. It was oh, my pleasure entirely. It was, it was Love great. It. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.